All right. The slap heard around the world. Jesus. Welcome, folks. If you're listening live with us today, this is Monday, March 28th, 2022. And last night, Will Smith slapped the shit out of Chris Rock. Possibly the greatest moment in television history. Everybody knows, well, maybe not everybody knows, but the shot heard around the world that uh, kicked off the Revolutionary War. But this shall go down in history as one of the craziest on-screen moments from a from a from a sketch show or not, not a sketch show from an award show that is 100% staged and scripted mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it also makes I'm, you think if that was scripted too so that's, that's my question to you sir I so I, I thought it was scripted because it, it almost didn't look real Chris Rock's like flinch was almost a little too quick I feel mm-hmm. like he saw it coming. He maybe got hit, or he pretended to get hit. Mm-hmm. I don't know, because Will Smith originally laughed at the joke. That's true. That was my biggest thing. Like, and he laughed hard, like full body. Yeah, full body, but, and he was like smiling after he like said it too. So, but then you see Jada on the side though, and she's like, "Oh, you're gonna let him say that about me, huh? Huh?" Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I think so. Chris Rock leans in a little bit. You could see that. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that makes it real is, or makes it really real, is like afterwards, Chris Rock didn't know what to say. Oh yeah, and he even he even messed up. Like we're here to give out a documentary instead of an award for a documentary. Mm-hmm. So it felt like that was a little more ad libbed, and he didn't know what to say in the moment. But uh, like you said, he's laughing, and then all of a sudden he comes up and slaps him. It looked staged yep. from Chris Rock's point of view, but also, and I don't know if this is just because. Uh, Will Smith has been in a lot of action movies. I Am Legend, Gemini Man, Independence Day, you, you name it. Where that, that that was a pretty pretty solid power slap. That was yeah. That was just off the top of my head. I just could like that. Um, but oh wait, yeah yeah yeah. So the that was I like what I was saying is I think he was trained by these stunt guys, and so he knows how to rear back, but also mm-hmm. not like hurt him because I feel like. You know, it wasn't necessarily a loud slap. It was almost like a, a minor punch sound. But if he hit them with if he hit him with that that force, I feel like he would have got pretty injured. Like uh-huh. his lights, his his clock would have been cleaned. Yeah, he would have just stood there, stumbling a little bit. But also yeah. notice how there's only one camera angle, just to get that behind the back Will Smith shot, just so it you can't really see the contact. And have there been any pictures that have come out that actually show the contact? Oh, that's true. Like, I want that shit zoomed in. I want it to look like a UFC fight. All angles. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. And another another reason why it could be staged is, um, you know, in the past couple of years, this is 2022, but, like, pat, say for the past 10 years, you could probably look at increasingly uh, or decreasingly. Wait, what was I saying? Worsening, worsening fucking ratings for the Oscars. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. So Dude, maybe they after, scripted uh, it just to get that one, uh, you know, have the have the clicks, have the click rate. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if people think about it, like you post a YouTube video, here's Will Smith slapping the shit out of Chris Rock. Yep. Oh, and here's the rest of what we were doing. Here's the rest of the nominees and watch two ads while you're at it, you know. I honestly don't even feel like it's just the Oscars. I mean... 
pretty. I I feel like ever since I took Ricky Gervais off of the the Emmys, it it just kind of went downhill. Like they want to see a host take digs at these uber famous people. Mm-hmm. They want to hear some kind of scandalous shit. Right, and Ricky Gervais was, you know, he's kind of the guy that doesn't give a shit. And mm-hmm. I think that was was that the year before Kevin Hart got in trouble for his tweets. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The, a year or two before. Yeah, 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 and that, and that was the beginning of kind of the cancel culture. Mm-hmm. So obviously, Ricky Gervais never cared, and you know he said what he wanted to, and he doesn't he doesn't yep. really care about being canceled if that was even a possibility for him. So see, I I'd feel love like to get the back way to that point, but man, I don't even know if we can get back to that right now. I feel like we're like too I, deep into the rabbit hole. I, I was just gonna say, I, I feel like he's very calculated in what he says. He'll get his point across about wanting to take a dig at something, but he won't say it in a super offensive way. It'll just kind of make you be like, oh, you motherfucker. Yeah, and it, it's, you know what also helps is his thick English accent. Yep. Where you're like, oh, this China bloke is just trying to mess with me. He's not, he's not being serious, laddie. Mm-hmm. Yo, geezer. Yo, oh, geezer, you gypsy motherfucker. But no, no, he... The I, I, blind. It doesn't hurt as much because it's coming from a different... You know, yeah, like if somebody, I mean, somebody from East India, was calling me out. Oh, you can't do that, you stupid white boy. You know, <laughs> like I, I wouldn't be as offended. <laughs> okay. Unless it was, if you know, what I mean, if it was coming from someone with just an American accent, I feel like it hits harder because you hear it every day, and you're like, you expect people to be nice to you. But if it comes from a different accent, it's like, oh, maybe that's just how they do it in their culture. I mean, it, yeah. if I see some dude from, like, Dagestan coming up to me like, Strasfuzzi, I'm going to kick the shit out of you. <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm going to nope right out of there, bud. Especially if he has the beard with no mustache. Uh-uh, oh, I'm Khabib, not fucking with him. Look. The Khabib look. Yeah. I'm not fucking with him. Yeah. I mean, Kamza Chemaev, he's, yeah. I mean, so have you seen what he looks like? Who is he? His name's Kamza I'll try to say it in I, how I think it's supposed to <laughs> Hamzat Chemaev. Okay. Colby Covington called him Cumshot Chemaev. <laughs> uh, but this dude, he's got that the beard, no mustache. But when this dude was younger, he had his upper lip split open. So he's just got this big scar and this lip that almost looks like a Tetris piece. Really? And all he does is, I'm going to smash everybody. Smash. S M E S H. Smash. Smash everybody. <laughs> yeah. He, he. All right. Bold prediction, but he will be the next double champ. Double champ. Okay. He he has what it takes. He he has a fight. I think uh, April 9th against uh, Gilbert Burns. So that'll be a. If he beats Gilbert Burns, he's getting a title fight. Who's the current double champ? McGregor. Uh. <clears throat> uh he was the last one. Okay, that was a couple years ago. I remember seeing, yeah, seeing that. Because that, that, that was one of the whole... and lightweight. Uh, I think light heavyweight, okay. whatever the one above it is. Because uh, that's when... He's going to fight 155 division, right? I think so, yeah. Okay. I, I think that's what he's trying to fight now. Because he was there's talks way, of him coming back. I think he was in the 140, low 140s. Yeah, he. I'm pretty sure he fought 145. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then before him was uh, good old DC, Dan Cormier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, 
Th this dude Hamzat Shemaev, he's he's gonna be the next double champ. Hamzat. That that he has a fight. Um, so he throws one punch, immediately takes him down, drags this dude over to where Dana White is, and he's just yelling the craziest shit at Dana White, like, "Give me another person to fight. I beat this guy in thirty seconds. Give me <laughs> another person. I take two one night, one seventy five, one ninety, or whatever the weights were." He, he was just saying the stupidest shit, but he's killing everybody. Wow. Yeah. Well, we got we got off on a little tangent, but yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the second shift, where uh, the start of your day, or no, the end <laughs> of your day is the start of ours. Yeah. Your day is uh, ending, and ours is just getting started. Even though oh. we just both worked a full day, so we're yeah. we're clocking in our second shift, as you would say. Yeah. I'm on uh, four hours of sleep, so I might Ooh. say some weird stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Saturday, but, I got two hours of sleep, and last night, I got ten. Oh. So I had to make up for it last night. I took a Benadryl at, like, nine o'clock. Okay. But some sometimes, though, those ten-hour sleeps, they hurt more than they help. Yeah. Yeah. wonder why that is. You overcompensate? Is that what I happens? guess. Because you don't... You have a, you don't have a longer REM sleep cycle, right? If you no, I think longer. it's just more like filler time. Okay, so it's a point of diminishing returns. Pretty much, that's how I would take it as. Gotcha. Anyway, right. today we are uh, we're talking <laughs> about the third installment of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. The last, the end of the Fellowship. The return of the Jedi. I mean, the return <laughs> of the King. <laughs> Uh, what are your so, uh, in, initial thoughts? <clears throat> well, so I'll, I'll kind of just do a broad series first. Okay. Um, out of the movies, uh, I think this was kind of my least favorite movie out of the three. Wow. So the second one was probably my favorite. Yeah, second one. I feel like the, the, the Battle of Helm's Deep kind of takes everything. Yeah. Uh, first one, you need all that setup. You need to understand who the characters are, the way that they interact with each other, mm -hmm. and just the overall development of the Fellowship of the Ring. Right. Uh, the third one, I honestly feel like the first hour of this movie could have been cut out. Yep, you're absolutely right. It, it It's a lot it, of, it was just, you know, like, the second one should lead right into you. Exactly. Like a three-hour like, battle, in a way. You know, this like, one just keeps setting it up. You yeah, the second one start or ends with uh, Frodo, Sam, and uh, Smeagol on top of the mountain overlooking uh, Mordor. That that's where it should have picked off at. Yeah. Not a bunch of elves being like, "Oh, we have to." Oh no, we can't. Right. <laughs> like the the whole part between um, Arwen and uh, her dad. Like that that was just too, oh, like way well, too much of a show. That was the part where uh, she imagined an old, Aragorn and her and her son, right? Yeah, with the baby. Yeah. Yep. It's yep. like that. The flashback could have stayed, but. You don't need the ah, damsel in distress with the thing she's doing. Right, and she wasn't even really necessarily in distress. It was just like, oh, I should go back to my father and let him know of my dreams and mm -hmm. my hopes and dreams. But like after that, what is that? How does that impact anything except for that? Yeah. Um, what's her dad again? Dad's name again? I keep forgetting. Uh. 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 Give me a minute. Elrond. Elrond. Um, Elrond comes to comes to the fellowship right and mm -hmm. he says um 
she's still alive and she's but she's dying because of the the darkness is reaching her and it basically gives Aragorn kind of an extra kick right mm-hmm. um which kind of felt justified when he told um I think was it Merwin or Marwin the the blonde girl oh he basically yeah was like it's not you it's me <laughs> mhm yeah my girlfriend's dying because uh, Sauron is impeding the Elvish land, and I need to kill him so that I can get her back. So it's not going to work between us, you know. Mm-hmm. Kind of felt the same way that Jamie told uh, Brienne that he wasn't into her, you know. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Even though that you was don't know bullshit. who I am. That was bullshit. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Fuck anyway, go, continue. Sorry. But yeah, um, still overall great movie. Not saying it was a bad movie. I'm just saying probably out of the three, it was my least favorite. Mm-hmm. But great movie. I uh, I did feel like this movie kind of uh, took some uh, shortcuts around some of the continuity or the special effects. Okay. Like there was a part where um, uh, Theoden's one son. Um, during the one battle scene, he takes a a big giant pike, and you kind of almost just see like his hand move, like he was trying to throw it, but it's very obviously being held there. Mm-hmm. Something like that. There was a part where Gandalf rides in, grabs a staff when he's um going to kill the dude who's about to light himself on fire. Yep. When uh, Gandalf rides in, grabs that dude's staff, he grabs it upside down. But then when the scene cuts and it goes to the next camera angle, he's got it right side up. Hmm. So it, it was just kind of like little things like that. Little nitpicky that, stuff. Yeah. I got like they, they almost kind of got lazy. Like, okay. Third movie, final movie, let's just get it out, get the money, and be done with it. Gotcha. So, uh, yeah, I, I would agree. The second one's my favorite. I love Helm's Deep. I love the setup there. Um, mm-hmm. I love the intro to Smeagol, not like the continuation of him, per se. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, it's, the characters continue with their tropes, right? Uh, Gandalf and Frodo are very trusting and kind of give people second chances. Aragorn's kind of, he just wants to kind of make it a better name for himself and and uh, lead the way he can, the best way he can. And uh, um, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, Elrond did give him the sword that would give him uh, power over the army of the dead. So he actually mm-hmm. did have a big, a bigger impact. Anyway. So that was, that was actually uh, one of the differences between the books and the movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can get into that later. Yeah. Yeah, um, that, that's one of the differences. So one of my, I I really like this movie and I think it was you know a very good end to everything, mm-hmm. um, a good catharsis for every character you know, um, and throughout the whole trilogy you're you're kind of showing a lot of differences between races, and mm-hmm. how they get along you know you see at the end where Gimli and uh, Legolas they're talking about dying as friends you know in the beginning yep. they're kind of kind of butt heads a little bit. I will not fight with an elf. Right. And um, it's a great arc for Sam's character. And I also have a pretty hot take that I think Sam is the main character of the series. Because he did all of the legwork in this one. I get that I get that Frodo wore the ring and was kind of taken by it. And if it wasn't for his sacrifice, then they wouldn't have even been able to get there. Mm-hmm. But Sam... I mean, he is like the MVP of the of the not only the league but like the entire sport of getting mm-hmm. the ring to, to Mordor. 
I mean, goes to save Frodo up in the highest tower through all those orcs. Mm-hmm. Um, fights off Schmeagle, saves him from the fucking spider. I hate that scene. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, just time and time and time again, just coming back after he's pushed away. Right, and it's it's such a good, it's such a good trope for him to have. He's the true friend. You know, yeah. he was treated like shit by Frodo a lot. I mean, it, it's it's pretty clear. He tells him to go home, and he kind of cries and falls down the hill. And mm-hmm. I mean, it's he's he gets put down, but he's yeah. coming back, man. That guy is a true friend, and he's an MVP. It, it's just the best. Don't lose hope story. Right, right, and yeah, it's um, but you also do see like you know Frodo will admit like. This is my the ring is my burden to bear, and it would. Mm-hmm. It, I'm trying to save you, Sam. Like if you took this by yourself, it would have corrupted you. So it mm-hmm. re- really reiterates the whole um, power corrupts absolutely, absolutely, or absolute power corrupts absolutely, right? Mm-hmm. Where it doesn't matter how good you are, that ring is a source of evil. It's a conduit of evil, and yep, you know. Obviously, Frodo physically couldn't really do it in this movie, but spiritually and emotionally, that's kind of the, his biggest arc is that deep down he's such a good, uh, lighthearted, and uh, kind of optimistic figure that even the worst the worst Im- impulses of the ring would still keep him on track. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, I, I, I kind of want to go back. So much. The f- yeah. the, and also, last thing, the, the, the fight was awesome. It was right, but it was too close to the middle of the movie and the army of the dead just kind of doesn't do it for me it just you know what i mean it's like mm-hmm. it's like the fight of the hogwarts where they if they wanted to call in the the ghosts to fight it wouldn't even be a problem you yeah know what i mean like it's just like it's like an op power uh, yeah I'll, I'll definitely touch on that i wanted to go back first um how you were saying how kind of Gandalf and Frodo almost had that inherentness to trust people. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with that, but I feel like it, it's different in a sense. Like, Frodo was naive. Right. If he thought someone had their best interest in him, he would trust him wholeheartedly. He wouldn't vet him. Whereas, like, Gandalf is kind of that slow, methodical, like, yeah, I'll, I'll be nice to you, but I'm still trying to figure out who you are type of person. Right. Right. So yeah. I feel like yep. it, it's almost different stages of the same person. Like, you got to go through all these downfalls to realize, oh, shit, okay, this is where I messed up. This is what I have to change in my thinking, and then move on. And I feel like that's where Gandalf was when he was younger, just learning the ropes of just the real world. Yeah, yeah, and I, they, you're right. They are different in, in that Gandalf's kind of giving people second chances almost, like, physically. Like, mm-hmm. he comes in and gives Theoden his his second chance by bringing him back to the light. He gives, mm-hmm. um, he honestly gives Delator, is it Delator or who is the, the, the King who tried to burn himself? Yeah. I, I forget his name, but I know who you're talking about. He gave him a lot of second chances and then gave, yeah. um, Faramir a big second chance, you know, he could mm-hmm. have just burned there. Um, but it, you're right. It, it's a vetting and he's, it's a trusted and calculated, uh, second chance that he knows is going to make an impact good yeah okay now back to the uh the army of the dead yeah so i thought the scene in itself was cool as shit for the uh 
for the time period, those special effects, I think, worked pretty well. Yeah, I think so. I, I would, the scene to me was visually pleasing, and it it made sense. I mean, granted, it's like one of those things where, oh, press a button and it nukes the entire map, mm-hmm. and you just move on to the next level. Like you were saying, just kind of like some OP just kill move to get them all done just in one. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I feel like that's how a, a lot of the battle scenes just in general go. It's not looking too good, not looking too good. Someone comes, they're winning. Uh-oh, bigger enemy. Right. Not looking too good, not looking too good. Oh, and now there's an unstoppable force. Yep. Yep. So I felt like it, it was very, just very predictable. Yeah, yeah, and and it just felt like almost detached, like in a way. Mm-hmm. That I don't know why they needed to go. I mean, obviously they needed to get more men, and he knew... Aragorn knew that that was exactly what he needed to do, but it just felt like one of those things that were like, oh, we just need we need to level the playing field a little bit. They they have massive elephants with spikes on the end of their tusks. How mm-hmm. are we going to level the playing field from just being a bunch of men on horses? So I I get it. It just it just feels like filler army to me. Um, yeah, definitely. I I was I would have been more pleased with the trees coming to help. True. Yeah, there were literally zero ends. Yeah, not one. And I thought that, I, I, for some reason, I, I've seen this movie before, I thought that they did come in um, to help. Might have been the extended cut. Yeah. But I, I mean, know. also in the movie, too, it, it what happens to Sauron? Yeah, well, you, you don't, in the, in the theatrical vision version, he's not. Even, yeah. I mean, in the extended cut, you kind of find out, but that's not even really how he died. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, even the theatrical version at three three hours and twenty. Yeah, three twenty. I mean, it's hard to fit so much in there. I, I, I feel as though, you know, the the more important, like you said, the first hour of just still trying to recruit so many people, it, it's kind of gratuitous. Mm-hmm. You could have given more meaningful scenes to like, um, just Frodo and Sam, like. Maybe, mm-hmm. they, maybe they go they instead of being in the mountains the whole time they go through like a lake or they go through they have to dodge lava on the way in mm-hmm. and they have to fight Schmeagel and maybe they for a second they're able to, to kind of bring him back to reality and make him think of his old days and change and they trust him again and you know mm-hmm. I, but at the same time them just being in the mountains was kind of boring yeah, we weren't really doing much. Obviously, they had the spider in, but I fucking hate the spider. Take the spider out, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate that scene. Not because it wasn't good. Obviously, the the way that they shot it with looking up from the ground, yeah, looking past Frodo and seeing it like stalk him above, great. You know, obviously the effects with it are fantastic, but I just hate, mm-hmm. I hate spiders and I hate the way that it hit him like that. Mm-hmm. See, my my thing when the whole spider scene was happening, when the uh, the little stinger's coming out of his butt, it just made me think of that like one uh, Family Guy character. Like, I'm going to touch you. Yeah. I'm going to touch you. I'm going to poke you in my butt. I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know. I would have liked to see more of a fang bite rather than a boat puck. A, a boat puck. Wow. A butt, butt poke. poke. <laughs> Four hours of sleep, man. Does wonders. 
another thing that has to do with the continuity, at least for the theatrical version, is whatever happens to Gandalf's staff. That's true. Because at the well, end of the movie, the he he's not fighting it? with it. So, uh, in the extended edition, um, he goes to confront the Witch King briefly, uh-huh. and that's when he breaks the staff. Oh, interesting. But, like, in in, in the book, it, it stated that only Sauron can uh, defeat Gandalf. So it's like, if Sauron's the only one that can beat him, how can the Witch King break the staff, firstly? And it it just doesn't make sense how the movie tried to do it. Right. Interesting. Um, yeah, because I didn't even see that scene. You only see the scene where he, the uh, the Witch King and the dragon knocks Theoden off of hor- his horse, and he's about to mm-hmm. beat him, and then Mary comes in. Or Mary. Um, Mary. Mary. Mayowen. Oh. Uh, the girl. Yeah. And she comes in, and that's a great effect of it knocking the head almost off and you see it's still trying to move its body and then oh with the uh, the dragon yeah 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 and then she actually cuts the head off completely and it's still moving mm-hmm. around um obviously you know you don't really want to make it too bloody because you would just you would just you would lose it you would lose you would lose viewership you would you know you might that might change it to rated r but like if you had a well head like oh, that, okay ooh. Th- making that too bloody, the orcs literally launched decapitated heads at them. Oh, that's true, but there wasn't a lot of blood. You don't see a lot of blood. You know what I mean? But I mean, th- there's no bodies attached to those heads. That's true. It's got to implicate something. I would I would almost argue that the spider scene stabbing him was the most the most horrifying part. You know. Also, in the so beginning, I- where you're seeing Schmeagel turn into his golem form. Oh uh, yeah, that's like a that's like a horror sequence. Like that is mm-hmm. scary. Scary. Also, Andy Circus when he was like actually Andy Circus. Mm-hmm. He's like, you could see how Gollum's gonna be foreshadowed by him putting that that worm on the hook, mm-hmm. and uh, kind of just like enjoying it, like looking at him, enjoying him, enjoying it being tortured. And yeah. uh, I think it's an interesting, I think it says something interesting about Gollum as a character is, you know, he was such an early on, he was so early on, he was very sadistic and kind of fucked in the head mm-hmm. and having the ring for so many years, not only did it, you know, create an addiction for him, mm-hmm. but it took someone that was originally not an honorable person and deformed them. Yeah. So true. it's like, if you compare how long he had it to his original impulses versus what Frodo was doing. You know, I wonder what it would have done to him if he had kept it for so many years. Like, mm-hmm. Well, know. I mean, you saw what uh, what happened with uh, Bilbo. Right. Nothing, really. That's true. It yeah. just seems like Smeagol was a lesser type of man. Because they were saying he was almost like a hobbit. But I don't think they ever really said what he was. Right, right, yeah. Also, my point is that basically I, I, his 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 uh, personality and his impulses were darker, and so it just felt like it almost feels like the ring, um, kind of brings the darkness out of you in, in mm-hmm. a kind of a, a more prolonged, not prolonged, um, pronounced way. So actually turning yeah. him into something of a being, like a like a creature, is what mm-hmm. has that impact. So. 
I, I was also going to say um, that, that the Smeagol scene before he actually turns into Gollum, he looks so much like Rob Corddry. Oh, my God. Yeah, I could see that. I, I, w- I was expecting to see, like, Hot Tub Time Machine, like, come sail away, come sail away with me. <laughs> when you just see some, like, classic rock song, come on. That's a good point. He does kind of look like that, a little bald. And... Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, let's just talk about the elephants for a second. I mean, <sighs> really impressive CGI to see them come yeah. through. I mean, what what did Theoden really think he was going to do by, just by charging at each one? And I mean, especially the ones that have the barbed wire, just lines connecting the two tusks. And they're just moving their heads back and forth and back and forth, just mowing people down. Absolutely. Mowing people. Yeah, that's a good word for it. Incinerating people. Like, um, everybody had, all the, every elephant had a different thing. One of them had barbed wire, mm-hmm. one of them had spikes, one of them had this big, big rope thing and. The CGI See, for them was really impressive. The, the CGI lacked when Legolas got on top, got on top of it. Yeah, and definitely. That was that was a little janky. But See, seeing those elephants though made me really want to see elephants in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Seems like I'm I mean, granted they wouldn't be. Well, I mean, unless they had like mammoths, like they had up north, they had just like down south mammoths. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, that, southern that mammoths. Badass. Yeah, that that would have been badass. But um, I like the uh, the costumes for those dudes riding the elephants. Oh yeah. I like that they were more like tribesmen rather than like orcs or some other like made up non humanoid. Right. It almost shows like that they they trained them from birth and they they lived in yeah. stone and. Mhm. Yep. Uh, or it just shows that it's not just like orcs versus humans. It's just the bad versus good. Have you ever seen the movie uh, 300? No. Okay. I have not. Well, um, the, the main pharaoh, or Roman, not Roman. Xerxes. Yeah, Xerxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He looks just like that guy. Kind of, True. Kind of the same look. Mm-hmm. But see, now, ever since I saw that uh, that South Park episode with Xerxes, I don't ever... <sighs> that, that's the one where... Uh, Mr. Garrison had his sex change, so now he's Mrs. Garrison, but then he goes to a lesbian bar. Back you, Mr. Garrison. Yeah. And then, turns out that Xerxes is a lesbian, and then they just end up scissoring. (laughs) (laughs) South Park's kooky. Yes, it is. Uh, But yeah, overall, it it, it was a great movie. I'd probably give it like a seven and a half, eight, if I were to rate it. Yeah, if I was to go from all three, I would go with Two Towers a 10 out of 10. And then I would go Return of the King probably a 7. And then um, and then Fellowship probably, probably a 7 or 8. Mm-hmm. Just because, like, personally, sometimes <clears throat> I feel like they drag on. And maybe that's just me yeah. having a shorter attention span. Not, I, I don't know. I, three hours is a long time. Definitely is. The the only reason I I would put the first one over the third one is because I feel like the first one really just sets the setting well. Mm -hmm. You get those big sweeping landscapes. You actually get to feel like Middle Earth is real, even though it's just New Zealand. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't. Yeah, that that's just why I would put that one over the third one. 
Yeah. Released in December 17th, 2003. So every single movie came out in the... Within a year of each other. Yeah, with the December of that year. So mm-hmm. Two Towers, December 18th, 2002. And then Fellowship was... 2003. December 19th, 2001. So 01, 02, uh, 03. Fellowship, yeah. And, uh, I mean, just imagine, like, at the time, if, if we were able to live through that, it'd be like getting... It'd be like getting Civil War, Infinity War, and then Endgame three years in a row. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The closest thing we got to that kind of kind of anticipation, at least in the first two two years, was Force Awakens in twenty fifteen, Last Jedi in twenty seventeen, and then the god awful dog shit Rise of Skywalker in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what would have been bad marketing? I mean, they they wouldn't have known this, but. Imagine if Two Towers came out in 2001 instead of 2002. Oh, my God. Like, if it came out, like, in May of 2001? No, if it came out in, like, December of 2001. Oh, Three months after the Twin Towers fell. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you meant before it. Yeah, okay. Oh, no, afterwards. That that would have... If that came out three months after 9-11, that movie would have bombed. Oh, my God. No pun intended, people. Jesus Christ. But yeah, that that yeah, that that movie would not have done good if it was a year before. Did you watch the Rick and Morty episode where they almost they said they were like they were like bombing this city that held them captive and then they saw two towers and they were like, "Uh, no, we're not going to do that." <laughs> no, I didn't. Where they're like, "We're better than that. We're not going to do that." <laughs> um yeah. What do you think the budget was for this movie? Yeah. Uh, let's make it an even hundo. Ninety-four million. Okay, okay, not too far off. Opening weekend. Uh, opening weekend. Um, let's go. Three seventy-five. Thousand. Yeah. No, like. Three point seven five. Three hundred yeah. On the know. opening weekend? Nah, sure. 62 million opening weekend. Okay. And then 947 million worldwide. Okay. See, I figured more more of a concentration would be in that first week. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, for the U.S. gross. That's U.S. opening weekend, sorry. So US, oh, okay. Yeah, U.S., so that's 62 million out of 342 million was the first weekend in the U.S., and then the whole total was nine hundred forty-seven million, but that's not counting. So like a fifth was just the first and weekend. DVD sales and all that shit. Okay. So that's just that's just box office, which is fan. If you adjusted it for inflation, I bet you it would probably be, probably a billion and a half or so. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you did, um, if you did sixty out of three hundred, I mean, that's just a fifth of it. Right. So, probably around like two hundred million then. So. Mm-hmm. 375, 200. Pretty good size leap. Oh, shit. Sorry, I was looking at the Twin Towers. I mean, two towers. <laughs> All right, so this it was the same budget for uh-huh. Return of the King. What was the opening weekend for Return of the King? 72 million for U.S. Gross, okay. 378 million. What was the worldwide gross for Return of the King 2003? Mm-hmm. 1.3 bill. 1.146 bill. Okay. 
So yeah, that's that's why I was thinking that the, yeah, because I always knew this one made a lot. Mm -hmm. I was looking at the other one. Okay. All right. So they won an 11, 11 Oscars. Eleven. That's unheard of. Mm -hmm. Best picture, best director, best writing, adapted screenplay, best film editing, best art direction and set direction, best costume design, best makeup, best score, best original song, best sound mixing, best visual effects. So fuck. I I I definitely agree with the best song. I feel like especially for the third one, the um, the song that. Was it Mary who sung it, or was it a? Uh, um, yeah, it was the Mary. other one. Yeah, well, yeah, the song that Mary sang. It was just a really nice song. Yeah, that and it was like kind good. of put me in that like somber mood, just that kind of almost hymn-like singing with no music in the background. It's like, damn, this dude really is about to die. That's that's a really good point. It, it I honestly forgot how good that was when i mm -hmm. he's got a good singing voice i don't i don't know if yeah he's, is he a singer prior to being a, an actor i have no idea but i feel like i've seen that dude on a bunch of episodes of saturday night live i don't know like they look very familiar but like comedy actors interesting i want to give you an idea here with these oscars uh, okay. There's not too many movies on here you might know. Do you know, you ever see City of God? I've heard of it, never seen it. It's a Brazilian movie. It's amazing. Um, yeah, 2004. This is 2003, 04. You're not going to probably recognize a bunch of these. Mm -hmm. um, it beat Finding Nemo for best score. So that's good. Uh, I don't really think Finding Nemo had that great of a. Uh... Music. Have you seen Lost in Translation? I have not. Or Mystic River? Let's I have see. not seen that either. Okay. Okay, no, it was Pippin. It wasn't Mary. Okay. Pippin. I'm intrigued now because yeah, he's Scottish. he has almost too good of a voice to be an actor. I mean... See. He's a Scottish actor and musician. He's a Scottish boy. Hi. Aye, he was born in Glasgow to William and Mary Boyd. I think that was going more Irish. Royal Scottish Academy of Music and Drama. Mm-hmm. So. But he was in not quite a lot of other things of, of late, I would say. Not a big, not a lot of big Oh, roles. he was uh, in the Chucky movies. I think that's where I remember him from. You seen all those? I've seen a few of them. What? I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not a what? fan. I'm not a fan. You, you don't like seeing Jennifer Tilly's tits? Who? Jennifer Tilly. The girl that's always in the nurse costume. Um, I don't know her. <sighs> Whatever. <laughs> Get cultured, bud. I just named off five movies and you haven't seen any of them. Oh, they're trash. What? <laughs> Lost in <laughs> Translation and Mystic River are not trash. Yeah, I've, I've never seen Finding that. Nemo, not trash. Not the best Very Pixar true. movie, but maybe that could be an episode because there's there's a big scale of good, bad, and fantastic. So it's we could do that one time. 
someday. I, I definitely know my uh, my favorite Disney Pixar movie right off the top. Go ahead. Moana. Really? I love Moana. Interesting. I, I feel like in like a past life I was a Pacific Islander. Oh, yeah. So it's like when she starts singing, it, it really does call me. With all of your boat tattoos and... and yeah, man. Krakens. That I'm drawn to the water. And yes, it's water. W-O-O-D-E-R. Shut up. You know what? Go drink a glass of milk. <laughs> I think our fans... Um, if, it is, if it is so bold to call you fans... Um, don't want to hear fans. me mispronounce anything anymore. Because it's bad. Although I don't no, think I think I, I do. No, I, I think it's probably hurting their ears. It's 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 what gives you your chutzpah, you know. Chutzpah. Bringing a little Yiddish into it. Huh. Oh, all right. Back to Lord of the Rings. We're going. We're going too far. Yeah. All right. Um. What What do you think was the best battle scene in the movie? Okay. I mean, let's break up the main main battle because if you just do the whole battle scene, that's just going to be the only one. Well, well yeah. Like the I best would, action sequence, you think? I would go. So it's probably a tie between the first time that the the army of man from Rohan takes their six thousand horses straight into the orcs, and you can mm-hmm. it, it feels like the the Game of Thrones moment from Battle of the Bastards, yep. right? Mm-hmm. But just a little more janky. There's like three or four horses in there you can see die artificially, and you're like, yeah, that it's it's hard to not think that that's real. You know what I mean? It's like it, it's hard it's hard to think that that's real. It's it's pretty janky but but the rest of it is great six thousand horses for a movie coming out in 2003 hats off yep but the i really think that the the elephants you know their first time first time from being on screen to Mm -hmm. just before legolas gets up there it was like my my only problem with the elephants is how how come legolas is the only one that could take him down single-handed because he's a badass elf and nobody else can get to that level he was trained by the Elrond himself, laddie. I don't know. Yeah, the elephants were badass. Um, I honestly liked the um, the two scenes where the orcs are taking over the cities and the guys actually lose. I like seeing the progression of just the orcs actually taking land. That main uh, chewed up bubblegum looking dude. Oh yeah, the guy that was really insecure. Mm-hmm. I I, I like seeing uh, him increasingly get cockier. Yeah, I I feel like my favorite battles are when they would invade the castles and just completely run it over. Mm-hmm. I feel like those were done very well, and I I feel like they didn't have a lot of um special effects either because it was a lot of hand to hand fighting. Mm-hmm. So it was more choreographed. So I think that's why I liked it a bit more. Yeah. I agree. Best, best, uh, best acting. Hmm. I I feel like overall best acting has to go to uh, Sean Astin. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing, dude. And that's probably one of the biggest reasons why he's MVP because his character is just so convincing, and emotional, and devout, loyal. But all right, think think about it like this too. 
Think of how much money this dude... Uh, okay, I hope his contract gave him percentages rather than a flat fee. Starting would, off with that. I would hope so, too. But, yeah. I mean, the, the, this entire series is just going to make this dude money for the rest of his life. Right. And I feel like that's why he could afford to play the, the dude with steroids in 51st Dates. Because he's got that Lord of the Rings money coming in. Mm-hmm. So he could just hang out with Adam Sandler and two crazy, stupid movies in Hawaii. Right. I I would also go... I still think that Theoden's a great actor. You know, when he dies, he's getting all emotional and mm-hmm. you know, being kind of triumphant. Um, and... Uh, yeah, that, that moment with him and his daughter at the end. Like, you yeah, did save all- me. Yeah, very, very heartwarming. Pulls at the strings, shows fatherly love to a daughter that shouldn't have been on the battlefield. That's true. What a horrible father to let her get there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, best heroic gesture. Fucking so, Sam. <laughs> Sam, and then I liked when um when Aragorn, when the uh, the gates to Mordor opened. Yeah. How he just went right in. Yeah, and I would also add to that, Mirren and Pippin, right oh, behind yeah. them. They were like, they were the first people to run. It was for Frodo, Towards man. Them. Yeah. Absolutely. I feel like this movie, you really got to see the bravery of uh, Merry and Pippin. Yeah. It actually gave them a deeper role rather than just the kind of comic relief. Right, it deepened their pl- their impact on the plot. Rather than just have mm-hmm. them walking through the forest with the Ents, which... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And it was nice at the end, too, that, uh... That Mary was able to kill, uh... The Dark Witch, or the Black Knight, or whatever he was. The Witch? Yeah. The Black Dude. Where he just kind of imploded on himself. Oh, Yeah. I thought that he they couldn't die. What did he die from? They stabbed him in the back with that sword. First he stabbed him in the back, and then uh, the dude's daughter stabbed him in the face. What did he get stabbed in the back with? I forget. Uh, I think it was one of those orc swords. Okay. Because it was glowing blue. So I'm, I'm sure it was an orc sword. Let's go best and worst CGI. Worst CGI is obviously Legolas getting on the... It's so janky. Yeah, I want to see if I can think of another one. I think the best CGI overall is either a tie between the Army of the Dead or just like the overarching shots of such a large army of, you know, like it's hard to make, it's hard to make 3D um, renders of, of actual yeah. people and people fighting. So, mm-hmm. it, and it all looks really good. Yeah, I would, um, that de- definitely, I would say those two. Maybe even more so the, uh, the Army of the Undead. Because it almost looked like one of those old-timey ghost, uh, projections where they have the different layers of things. Yep. I, I, I think they kind of paid homage to that a little bit, but they did it very well. Right. But yeah, the sweeping shots, I mean, thinking about it, I was like... Almost exactly like Game of Thrones, but then I had to tell myself, "Hey, they were made at least ten years in 
in uh, in between each other. So technology just exponentially increases during those times. Right. So it's like being able to get all of those horses kind of doing individual things and battling other people. Very good CGI. Yeah, and not only the CGI for the horses, but the horses themselves, like the ones that they actually used, mm-hmm. how well behaved and how trained they were. Like, yeah, they didn't have six thousand horses, obviously, but mm-hmm. the front line looked pretty real. I mean, that's still a mm-hmm. hundred horses, so you know, to not get okay. them hurt and to not have them. Obviously, there was no gunshots going off that would scare yeah. a normal horse. Horse, but all right, I I I've, I've uh, got my worst CGI moment. Okay. All right, you remember when uh, Smeagol falls into the lava with the ring? Yeah. And the ring's just kind of sitting there? Yeah, yeah. It melts way too quickly. Oh, you think? It, it's sitting there, and then it just goes... Bleep. Like, if you're going to have a quick melt, have it melt quickly. Or if you're going to do that dramatic pullout, like you're going to do, have it fade quicker. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. That, 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 that just stuck out to me. I feel like that could have been just done better yeah sometimes when something is so um something is so sought after and so important you want it to have a longer uh death or longer more, mm-hmm. more meaningful end i just I, I i agree i agree that it did kind of go quick or they could have like cut it a certain way to where you could start to see the ring melt you see the uh the eye of sauron start to like collapse actually maybe have those go simultaneously Oh, like show he's reacting how... to the pain in a way. Like it, exactly. Yeah, I got you. Because mm-hmm. the ring just vanishes, and then the tower collapses. Like I, I feel like it should have some type of continuity, togetherness. I agree. Um, I really love the cinematography. The I, I, the, the crane shots and the sweeping shots and mm-hmm. the tracking shots are really, really, really good. Just this entire movie in general. Just the landscape that it's it's filmed on is just impeccable, and, and the it, way and that they were able to get those sweeping shots. Yeah, the, the, just the 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 way that Minas Tirith looks is amazing. I mm-hmm. mean, it looks real. I'm sure a lot of it was. Um, yeah. Just practical, just because you can't make that you can't be walking around on a, on a green screen the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, really impressive to kind of mix the two. Because obviously you're not making that huge, um, kind of stone outlook over the city where the the top in the kingdom, or in the mm-hmm. in the throne room, it juts out like 500 feet. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That would be kind of uh, not practical in a way, but yeah, definitely a cool. A cool visual for sure. My biggest pet peeve with that entire situation though is after uh, the dude forget his name again gets burned alive he's running and um, he runs yeah. from the castle all the way past the white tree past the courtyard mm-hmm. across basically it looked like the length of probably two or three football fields i mean oh long. it was at least a, a half mile oh long and he's on fire the whole time and he's just running and he runs right off the edge and then nobody cares mm-hmm. they just continue on like I, I thought that was a really unnecessary scene. Like good visuals, but like didn't make any sense and yeah, know, just kind of like one of the. I actually laughed out loud about it. I thought it was pretty funny. <laughs> See, I was wondering, is that like, 
the sky hole in Game of Thrones and uh, the veil. It's like they just like oh, yeah. this is Sparta them just off that they throw them off. But I feel like I feel like the uh, the edge of that cliff would have just landed them down in the town square because it wasn't. It's not like well yeah. It's not like uh, just had fucking bodies flying down. Yeah. They had the severed heads. You might as well have the whole body come, too. Yeah, might as well. I mean, everything will just kind of burst into a mist. Yeah, I, I laughed at that scene. I thought that was hilariously unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so who do, who is your favorite character throughout the, uh, the series? Um... I'm a big fan of Gandalf. I think he's pretty consistent all the way through. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, Samwise Gimji is the MVP. Mm-hmm. And I just like following him along. But I also like Aragorn. I think he's badass. He's kind of like the... You know, the the Luke Skywalker with no personality in a way. You know, yep, he's very his, dry. He's fulfilling his prophecy. Mm-hmm. So I like him. See, I, I was going to say probably, like, my serious answer would be definitely Samwise. I mean, I feel like that that's probably just, like, the, the best role throughout the entire movie and almost casted perfectly. Sean Astin played phenomenally. Yeah. Um, but I, I really like Gimli. Yeah. He's, he's a really good comic relief. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, you know, for his height, he, he can kill some fucking orcs, that's for sure. Yep. With that axe. See, I just like he—he's a very humble character, and his comedic points aren't too much. Right. It's not like the or, uh, Peter Jackson tried to like overshadow the movie with just these quick little comedic quips. Right. Yeah, it—it it, it was written very well for Gimli to where it balanced between serious, funny, then the touching moments where it's like. I never thought I would fight standing next to an elf. But what about fighting with a friend? <laughs> it's like those those points are touching, you know? Yeah. And then That's you got cool. him saying, You're gonna have to throw me, but don't tell the elf. You know, two towers. Oh, yeah. That was a good scene. Yeah, I, th- I also think at the end of the day, it's really impressive how they're, they're able to keep Gimli and the, the Hobbits actually a different size than everybody else. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, okay. So this actually just reminded me of another thing. Um, the scene where it was Gandalf, uh, Aragorn, Gimli, Legolas, and then Gandalf had uh, Merry. Yeah, he had Merry on his horse when they the gates opened. Mm-hmm. And they start to ride back. You can clearly see that it's a very young kid and not a hobbit. Oh, interesting. Because like, you see just almost like this eight-year-old kid sitting with Gandalf. That kind of resembles him, but it's very clearly a child. Interesting. Some, sometimes they, they definitely did the body doubles. Oh, yeah, definitely. Hmm. That's pretty cool. They, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, Come man. Back. I mean, hey, at least it's not a Starbucks cup in a scene. Oh, cough, cough, Game of Thrones. God, I hate that show. Just kidding, I love it, but it's really disappointing. I just want Winds of Winter to come out. I want some new Thrones books. 
Give me that Thrones book, baby. Oh, man. I, I just want to see what happens. He said it's supposed to start off with two huge battles, one in the north and one in the south. It's great. It's Give me those battles. Absolutely. I'm also waiting for the uh, the third King Killer Chronicle to come out, Patrick Rothfuss. Mm-hmm. For some reason, you're listening to this. Please release your book. I love Patrick. Yeah, that, that that's the series that I'm I'm into right now. Very, very, very good series. If for some reason you need or you have the desire to read a thousand page book. Are you listening to it? Yeah, I'm, I, I listen to it on my commutes. Splendid. Yeah, th- this one's cool. It follows um, a kid who goes to like a magic school and he's a musician and he has to like play music to fund his way through school as he learns magic and yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. Cool. Mm-hmm. He's a showman, so like a lot of his things are kind of put on for him to get things that he needs because he can't pay for it. So he'll like he'll, he'll play like a, a a lord's son, be a little pompous dickhead, just like do shit like that to get what he needs just to be able to survive. Very very interesting. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah, man. Ugh. But well, yeah, the end of the your, Lord of the Rings. Anything else from your side of things? Um. Last thoughts. I like it. It, it was it was a very good series. I definitely want to go through the books again. Right, this is your first time watching everything. Mm-hmm. And now that I understand the story a lot more, I want to go through the books, see if I can pick up on any other little things, you know. Right. Stuff like that. Those little tings. I would love to do another series. Yeah. I mean, plenty of series. Maybe we There's could a... do um, like a more science fiction one like uh, Terminators or Alien. Because the Alien trio is great. Never and... seen the Alien movies. Oh, man. And then you talk about um, the prequels, which is you know Alien Covenant and Prometheus. And it's pretty great. Whole, okay. It's a whole world. So not as long that as these be. movies, I will say. Yeah. None are. But. Yeah, that could be a, a series we get on. Uh, I mean, there's always the Harry Potters. Those are. Of course. A very classic series. Of course. I feel like that would be very an easy bunch of episodes to do. We we should honestly probably like group them. Oh yeah, we could do that. Just so it's not eight episodes. <laughs> Um. Well, ladies and germs. Oh, actually, before we go, uh, so like like Liam said, this episode being recorded on Monday, uh, but still be released on Friday, Thursday, Friday. We're trying to be consistent-ish around there. Sweet. We we get what we get. Uh, but no uh no episode next week. Liam's going on a little vacay. So. Yeah. 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 Well, we'll get some time to regroup, gather some thoughts, and then we're thinking about kicking it back off with a nice serial killer episode. Oh, yeah. We're going to be killing it a couple weeks from now. And getting into that nitty-gritty. Yeah. Talking about murder. Talking about muck duck. <laughs> That's why it's murder and not muck duck. How that doctor became a horse. <laughs> Honestly, the next series we should do is just the fucking office. Yeah. Just like do season by season. I love it. 
Oh, man. Well, hey, we got plenty of episodes. Yes, sir. Lots of time. Second shift ain't stopping. We just started this career. We are not retiring anytime soon. Yeah. You don't just you don't you don't just start things and quit it. That's not how we do. Mm-mm. No sirree bop. But yeah, we'll get some slicers and dicers, some slashers and bashers. That'll be a good episode. Find some freaky shit. This episode of the second shift has been brought to you by Flamin' Hot Smart Food Popcorn. Oh. Get out there and try some today. I don't know if it's real, well, but... If we're doing plugs, you know, I always plug audible.com. Uh, please sponsor us. Uh, but I also want to plug SodaStream. Are, are you a fan of uh, seltzer or like LaCroix and shit like that? Yeah. Okay, so you should get a SodaStream. Is that one you make your own? I make my own bubbles. Nice. I make my own bubbles I, I, in a hot tub. I make my own bubbles in a bathtub, but that's besides the point. Uh, dude, I save so much money not buying the individual cans of seltzer because it's um, it's a liter bottle, and just makes quality carbonated water. And you put your and own then, flavorings in there. Well, you can. Yeah, you can buy like the Soda Stream flavorings, or what I do because the Soda Stream flavors, a lot of them are very sugary. Mm-hmm. Um, I grab like the Mios. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll just shoot a squirt of Mio in it. Like, right now, I got uh, orange Mio in my bubbles, so it's kind of like a diet orange soda. I got some orange Mio in my bubbles. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's funny. We're we're living a great life over here. I'll take a look into that, lad. Yeah, I mean, if if you're an avid bubble drinker, SodaStream makes some spicy water. I dabble. It's very good. I dabble. Plus, all you would need to do is just add a little shot of Verker, and then uh, got your own vodka club right there. Shot of Verker. Shot of Verker. A nice shot of vodka. That's what you're and then about. you're getting a schmarker burr. Schmarker burr. Did you watch uh, Workaholics? Yeah, I love it. Schmarker burr. Oh, we could do that. I'd love to do that. I haven't watched that since we were in college. Yeah. I'd be down for Workaholics. I haven't watched that either. It's been yeah, like in a while. Uh, right. Also, we're, we're, we're going to do a 420 episode, or at least I will. We're both in recreationally legal states. That's true, and you don't know where so. I live. I live off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. I live at the beach. beach. So, Life yeah, the beach, beach I'm just bitch. playing in the sand, right? <laughs> I mean, if you want to go that way, the, the thing we really do is just... Uh, so there's a lot of Jeeps, and all the Jeeps have the same slight or saying on it. It goes, Eep, it's a Jeep. They all have, they all have what? That's Like, you know on? how you can have the tire cover? Oh, yeah. They all go, Eep, it's a Jeep. Where's the J? Well, it's supposed to be like, Eep, like a little girl. Like a Eep. shriek? Like a shriek? Yeah. Yeah, a Shrek shriek. Like what? what like what? The sound that that a mouse makes when you come up on them, trying trying to catch them. Eep. Oh my is? god! I don't know if you remember this. Um, do you remember when we had a mouse in the apartment and it was in the trash can? Oh yeah. And I tried to flush it down the toilet and yeah. it jumped out. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, you wanted to burn it. Yeah, a little statistic back then. Probably should just let it go out the back door. It didn't work too well. 
Well, it ended up, ended up, <laughs> Andrew. Oh, uh, just get him on for an episode. We can't. We just got. We got to pick the. We got to pick a, a a topic that we all know. An Andrew topic. I don't know nothing about nutrition or working out. Dietetics. Yeah, diuretics, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know actually, I do honestly, know a lot about diuretics. Just uh, just have a uh, a Kid Cudi Travis Scott episode. Do a whole episode on on laxatives. <laughs> Honestly, though. Well, or ladies just... and germs, we are ready to adjourn, ladies. And yeah, germs. man, I'm gonna go play some Elden Ring. Ooh, how is that? It, it's pretty fun. Yeah, it's pretty fun. That's I mean, granted, I'm kind of just getting uh getting carried through, but I'm having fun. But yeah. Everybody, thank you for listening to this week's episode. Remember, no episode next week, but we'll be right back with some some juicy slice and dice, a little stick and poke action. And we'll catch you on the flippity flip. See y'all on the flippity flip.